obstacles and overcoming them, circumstances and how we are either limited or empowered by them. These are but a few of the themes which I was delighted to have the opportunity to discuss with my next guest. As a professional speaker, real estate champion, entrepreneur, and passionate individual, Christopher Dedean's energy will send shockwaves to your core. A fierce advocate and incredible example of achievement in spite of being diagnosed with dyslexia at the early age of eight years old, I'll be the first to humbly admit that he does not fit the often misguided perception of someone living with a learning disability. With both wisdom and passion, Christopher shared some incredible insight on overcoming your own self-inflicted limitations, surrounding yourself with a team, staying disciplined, remembering to always be of service, and so much more. He likes to say that your adversity is your gift. And through many examples of his own journey, it's a fact that our success is our choice. An incredible exchange, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So, without further ado, Awaken the Awesome, episode 62, with Christopher Didian. Here we go. One of the reasons I really wanted to connect with you, um, first of all, of course, thank you for reaching out. Um, and of course, shout out to Vincent uh, for connecting us. <laughs> but, you know, just uh, just with, because uh, again, as you know, I don't try to just go too deep into my guests because it's all about meeting the person, right? And I really enjoy um, the way you come with such a sincere heart and generosity and just kindness in the way you share your messages, you know, your positivity, you know, tips towards success, tips about believing in yourself, tips about positive mindset, tips about surrounding yourself with a positive team. And, you know, that's, that's something I really respond with. That's something I want to share uh, with people. But one thing, and it's, th this is a part of like, you know, why I really wanted to be the, the crux of our talk. Um, you're not hiding the fact that, you know, you've, you're, 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 um, you've got, you're dyslexic, mm -hmm. got dyslexia and everything. Yeah. I'm not a therapist. Mm -hmm. You're not a doctor. Mm -hmm. But you definitely have, you know, the, you know, the track record to speak on the matter. And for me, it was basically because I saw your talks on YouTube and, you know, and congratulations for all your rewards is certainly deserved. And of course, you reaching out to the parents and the kids. And what I'm what my thing for it is basically coming at it from a father. And again, my, and why I'm, why I'm talking about this, because um, our daughter's five. Okay. And we're suspecting that, you know, she might have, she might be within the ADHD, ADHD spectrum. Um, but it's still something that, you know, that we're a bit concerned again, because you, there's no manual for this. Of course, there are a lot of books and that's yeah. why I'm reaching out to you as someone, you know, with a condition, an mm -hmm. obstacle that you had to basically, you know, go over and, you know, just opening up the conversation, you know. How do you basically coach parents, you know, people who unfortunately don't know how to deal with, you know, their children who might be in a particular condition, not just dyslexia, but, you know, when parents don't know how to deal with sometimes, sometimes, because the very basis of it is the fact that you just want to help your kid, yeah. you know, because you're afraid of mm -hmm. whatever. And mm -hmm. I'm, that's why I'm really reaching out to you in that sense. What do you tell the parents, you know? Beautiful, brother. First of all, thank you very much for sharing that about your daughter, man. That's, that's amazing. That's really cool. And how I reach out to the parents, very simple. So pending what they tell me about their kids, like you said, it could be dyslexia, it could be dysgraphia, it could be ADHD, it could be whatever the case is. Uh, first and foremost, I ask them, do they know something about it? Do they know how to treat it? Do, are they in a prior, uh, proper environment? And if the, question, if the answer is no, I direct them to the proper environment. So towards is it the specialized school that I went to, which is Vanguard, so a school for students with learning disabilities. I give them that uh, the institution of learning disability got them there is that uh, unfortunately our education system is not necessarily made for students like us so it is going to get tougher it is going to get worse before it gets better but there is mm -hmm. 
silver lining. And I swear to God, it is a blessing in disguise. If you're able to structure the kid and you structure yourself as a family environment and they figure out how to use their their weaknesses and not only their weaknesses, but in fact, they just look at their strengths, right? Like I can stop and look at my difficulties. Like I said, it's reading and writing, which is like, I'm not illiterate, far from it. I read and write. It's just my efficiency is extremely low. So I find other ways to go about it, you know, and I run two successful companies that do 100% reading and writing. So I outsource towards, is it delegating to somebody else towards, is it having a system like Speechify that I just highlight and I, and I make him read the text for me. And mm-hmm. because I have, I've learned everything through listening more than reading because I couldn't rely on my reading. I listen to something three times faster than anybody else. So audiobooks, like I go through audiobooks, like it's nobody's business because I put it in through a system and it reads them three times faster than anybody would humanly be able to read. Right. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So there's strengths out of it. So what I'm saying is that yes, there's a difficulty, but look at what the kid's strength is. Playing that, help him develop that. His confidence is going to go up, and once his confidence is up, <coughs> the other thing that he has weakness at is going to get better. So it, there's it's a bit of all of that. So that's the way I kind of guide them through it. Just trying to be on the learning curve here, because uh, again, you know, just being totally outside of the entire environment, when you hear the term dyslexia, and again, I'm totally going at it totally just naive and bare bones ignorant. You hear yeah. dyslexia, for me, I hear reading disorder, learning disorder, but I'm pretty sure that there are layers to that. I'm just wondering if you just cover just a little bit of that for us. hundred percent. There are layers. So there is like, you know, light dyslexia there is uh mediocre and there's severe to like very heavy dyslexia so that's essentially like the layers to it in, in itself so like there isn't a spectrum like oh you're a one on ten or whatever the cases or like that like gradation like that but there is layers to it and usually one difficulty does not come by itself so i'm actually dyslexic dysgraphy and have adhd so and hyperactivity so all things that i have so essentially, let's break it down. Dyslexia is uh, essentially you have problem with language skills such as reading, writing, spelling, and even pronouncing certain words. Mm-hmm. The reading, uh, sorry, the reading aspect is dyslexia. Writing aspect is dysgraphia. Uh, ADHD is hyperactivity, and sometimes you lose focus or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But all of that in my world is just giving me so much advantages. You know, like I'm I'm really hyperactive. I have a lot of energy, but I've learned how to channel it, and because I channel it properly. I do so much more than everybody else, right? So that difficulty in the classroom, in the setting that it was, now it's the biggest advantage that I have because I could just go on and on and on. Okay. So, and was how, were you diagnosed early? Were there different, different symptoms? I was just wondering about the episodes that, you know, that because you, you mentioned in uh, your, some of your previous exchanges that, you know, you were, you were, you noticed that very early on, yeah. but you've made it this far into a very successful career. But I yeah. was wondering really, what was it like growing up? Like, you know, when were the signs starting to show themselves? Man, it, it was tough. Uh, like what I mean, tough, I mean, like I had a beautiful childhood and God bless. I had like amazing parents and siblings and just a great structure. But the thing was the second that the school system brought in the reading and writing, I knew there was something wrong. Like, and at that point you're like five, six years old and you're like, wait a minute, there's something that's happening here. There's something that's happening. And it took a couple of years until we finally got diagnosed at eight years old. And I remember actually like when teachers used to come in in elementary school and give us a dictation and they used to tell us the word is elephant, elephant, elephant. I used to look down on my sheet, pick up my head, look left and right, look at all the other students just chotting down the words super fast. And I look back at my paper and I had no idea what to write. I didn't know the first letter. I didn't know the first syllable, nothing. 
And I didn't want okay. my teacher to think I was stupid or I was lazy. So what I used to do is look at what's written on the walls in the classroom and just write one of those words. And that, okay. you know what I mean? So like, I kind of had a conscious, like knowing that there's something wrong and I did not want, like I knew that I wasn't stupid far from it. I just didn't know how to go about it as an eight year old, six year old kid, you know? And then obviously the parents caught on the system caught on, they got me tested. And then once that happened, they were able to put me in a system in a proper environment, in a proper school with specialized teachers, specialized classrooms, more time during the exams, less students per teacher uh, uh, ratio, essentially. And mm -hmm. giving all the systems that I use till this day. Okay. Okay. So it's a combination of different elements. It's not just like, okay, oh, you need to read more or you need to sleep. So it's a combination of things. So the parents need to get on board. The teachers need to get on board. The yeah. environment, uh, the reading tools, whatever is available specifically tailored to that child. Yes, okay. exactly. And you know, they call it a learning disability, but in fact, it's just a different form of learning, right? It's a learning disability in the standard structured way that the school is made right now. So if you give me an exam and I have to read it and do it, and I'm not going to be succeeding at the same level as anybody as the other people, but doesn't mean that I'm less intelligent or whatever the case is. But if you give me that same mm -hmm. exam and instead of me reading the question, somebody's reading the question for me, I'll solve the problem or I'll do whatever you ask me to do. So, okay. so that's the kind of the element that you have to look about it. So see about what is the appropriate learning curve for you. Okay. It's just a matter of yeah. like, okay, it's not, it's not, it's not basically, that's why I refuse because out of respect, because out of reading and all the different exchanges that you've had, I've learned like, you know, just to keep some words away. I don't call it a disorder. I don't call it a disability. Uh -huh. I just call it a challenge. You know, I think that's a more respectful and honest way to go about it. It, it is a challenge. It is. And you know what? Like the other day I was doing, a, I was an influence MTL. I don't know if you know that there's an event. Yes, I saw that on Instagram. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats on that. That was a big deal. Yeah, it was really our, was. We're going to talk about that for just a little bit, but go ahead. Right. So essentially I was on the stage and I talked about like I had like a 10 minute keynote, obviously. So I did about like my thing, talked about dyslexia and I did call it a learning disability. And that's what I always call it. And somebody caught me on it afterwards and she's like, oh, I'm dyslexic. My daughter's dyslexic. She's like, Chris, but I don't like that you say learning disability. And in my keynote, I do learning disability. And when it goes structured in my storytelling, at a certain point when I get older, I tell them that I realize it's actually a different form of learning. The reason why I lose still learning disability is because if I just say a uh, different form of learning, nobody's going to associate that with dyslexia, dysgraphia, and all that stuff. So oh, okay. I 100% agree and appreciate that you are uh, labeling it differently, let's say. But I'm still using those words because people associate those words to dyslexia and everything else. But it is in a bigger picture trying to fix it that we do not call that disabilities anymore. Because like I said, it's really just a different form of learning. Okay. So what do you tell the, okay, we talk about, you know, how you coach the parents and how they can appreciate, uh, first of all, their child's unique ability. Uh, yeah. But how do you coach, uh, how, how, do you, how, do you tell, how do you tell the kids, you know, because there's a lot of insecurity. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. And of course, just kids just want to have fun, as they always say. But we've been kids ourselves, and we know kids can be mean. Uh, yeah. So what, what, what do you give them, you know, as tools, you know, just to keep, uh, keep, keep the curve, you know, just, just like stay the course? I mean, I'm somebody that's very straightforward and honest. So I, I do tell them, listen, kid, you're not going to find this easy. Because like I said, the system is not made for us, unfortunately. But if you keep on working through it, once you get out of the schooling system, 
it's so much easier than everybody else because at such a young age, we failed and failed and failed that we're kind of immune to failing and we're immune to finding a different way to succeed because we have no choice, right? Uh -huh. So once you get in the, in the workforce, that's such an advantage, man. Like the only reason I succeed is just I never quit. I'm not better than anybody. I'm just relentless. And the reason I'm relentless is because I failed so much. I failed often and I failed early in life and I still fail, but I learned from it. So they have such an advantage because they're just hardworking human beings. And that's what I explained to them. And not only that, our neural networks are wired differently. So we see opportunities differently. We think differently. And that is an advantage. And that's always what I say. Like being dyslexic is huge advantages. So somewhere we have to give something in return. What we give is that we're not good readers. But there's a lot of advantages, creativity, uh, like entrepreneurial stuff. Uh, engineering. So there's a lot of dyslexic in those three uh, elements that I just said. And, you know, like I could like go down a bucket list of people that are dyslexic that are not like Richard Branson, like Tom Cruise or, you know, whatever the case is. Like there's a bucket list of people that succeed that are highly dyslexic. So it's all about learning. Because um, I read, I read uh, Branson's biography, uh, Losing My Virginity, and he mentioned he takes a lot of notes. Like he really, really takes a lot of notes because li like you, he mentioned the fact that he's thinking 100 miles an hour. So just to yes. keep those ideas grounded, he takes religious notes and journaling like every day. That's his thing. So yeah. you can go back to your notes and say, oh, okay, I read that. But uh, I'm guessing, you know, different types of people, different types of dyslexia, as you mentioned. Yeah. Oh, oh it's, it's really revealing. You know, I'm really taking like two seconds just to channel this in. Uh, like I said, for me, it's not dyslexia. But like I said, we're suspecting because we haven't had her diagnosed. So we're not, you know, going to label her as that. But right now, this I have to say over the past year, these are some of the concerns we've had with my daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, lack of attention, hyperactivity. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she'll just zone out. It's like, are you here? You know? Or like yeah. hyper emotional sometimes, but sometimes yeah. some people will say, oh, she's just being a kid. Oh, she's just hungry. But sometimes we're just like, no, it can't be just that. It can't be that simple. And sometimes as parents or as caretakers or as teachers, um, because again, nobody just wants to make the child's life difficult. And sometimes you just rationalize with the simplest thing, you know, tired, hungry, or, you know, they just need just to be more structured or something. But sometimes... It's not that, and you just don't know. So thank you for that. I'm really happy. Thank you. Brother, you really give me a follow-up on your kid. Obviously, we'll talk about it afterwards as well. It's, by all means. It's, yeah. it's very revealing. It's very revealing. I'm just learning. This, again, this, this, is the, this is the treasure wow. I get from all these conversations, just about learning. Yeah. But you're talking about, you know, just, again, identifying uh, your, own, um, your, your own assets in terms of, like, you know, channeling that into the workforce. So yeah. what was the first job like? First, second job? How did you venture into entrepreneurship? I'm really interested into your, into your progression, really, on your journey. So, okay. So essentially, let's break it down to uh, once I got diagnosed, my parents realized the ideal school for me was a school called Vanguard, like I said, which is a school for students with learning disabilities. Is that here in Montreal? Yeah, it's in Montreal. Absolutely. So back in the day, we had three campuses. Now we have one. Uh, I'm actually a part of their uh, foundation. So I'm a part of the member of foundation and uh, I'm uh, building the alumni class, which most probably I'll be the uh, president very soon of that as well. Congrats on that. Thank you. So it's, it's something that I'm very much a part of and I just take it to heart because I see what it does and I see what it did for me and I just want to be a part of it. So when I went to that high school, I started getting so much better. Confidence went up because, you know, success over success over success got compounded and my confidence went up in every single aspect. So once you get to the end of the high school, you're like, what are we going to do? What am I going to study? What's next? The first thing that popped into my mind is I want to be a lawyer. I like wearing nice suits. I like having <laughs> discussions. It's all things that interest me. 
I researched into the job. I realized that 85% of the job is reading and writing. So I'm like, okay, wait a minute. As a dyslexic, I don't see myself doing that. So I'm like, mm -hmm. let's change the criteria of a job that I'm looking for with a new criteria being that there isn't no reading or very little reading. So what I okay. find is fireman. So I'm like, yes, that's adrenaline, the boys, the fire truck. It's cool. Let's go into that. So I put all my energy like years and years to get into fireman school, which is not easy. Uh, it, it's like a very, uh, very uh, competitive. Exactly, very competitive. So I end up going into it, got my, uh, got my DFP and then my professional diploma and then went and got my college diploma, my DEC. So I became a fireman, started working at Pratt & Whitney Canada, which is a company uh, that does airplane motors. I was, an in, mm -hmm. I was becoming an industrial fireman there. So I was a security agent becoming an industrial fireman. The second I walked into that, this is not the reason I'm here. There's something wrong. There's something missing. And then from there, I started doing things I've never done in my life. I picked up my first book, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Classic. Exactly. My second book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And then my eyes started opening. I've never picked up a book in my life. And then I'm like, I started questioning myself. And then from there, I started realizing, okay, wait a minute. I feel like I want to be my own boss. I feel like I want to have my own clients. I feel like I want to do my own uh, agenda and schedule. So I'm like, okay, I think that's called entrepreneurship. Look into that. And then I realized, okay, let me go into real estate. So that progression happens. So the first mistake I make as an adult is I pick to go into fireman for the wrong reasons. The only reason okay. I picked into it is because there isn't a lot of reading and writing. And don't get me wrong, that's an amazing job. Props to every single fireman, like to everything they do or anybody that's in that environment, right? So first mistake I do. Second thing I do, I go in real estate. Love it. Amazing. Everything's going good. Like in the beginning, it was super hard though. I'm not going to lie. Like being a broker uh, is not easy. It took me a year and a half before starting to make like some serious income. Before oh, that, wow. I was yeah. Before that, like I was literally paying to be a broker. Uh, that's another side story. But <laughs> I, started, I started doing good. And then I did my second year in real estate. I did my, uh, my like one of my lifetime goals as being a young man, which I didn't know you know what it was i had placed a goal in my life that i wanted to make six digits mm -hmm. and i make six digits at like 26 years old 26 26. oh boy yeah so bro like for 26 years old 27 years old that's freaking balling, man. yeah that's like that's this crazy balling right like for 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 what that time is mm -hmm. and i re i remember this like it was yesterday i was in my office oliver and i was just jumping bro as soon as i made that and i got to that number i'm like oh my god i made it this was like a kid's dream because in my mind back in the day was i'm gonna make six digits while i work as a fireman with the city my life is gonna be set so in my mind i had this connotation that if you make six digits your life is set so i'm just happy 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 and then five minutes later literally five minutes later I stop and my mind automatically shifts and says, what's next? What's the next amount? What are we going for? And then instantly I stop and I start having a conversation with myself. I'm like, what the hell do you mean what's next? I remember how much effort that it took and how much sweat equity it took to get to this point. And the joy was only five minutes. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Wow. And then I realized that I have to love the process more than the actual feast in itself. The freaking like the thing, you know, I have mm -hmm. to love the hunt more than the feast because the mm -hmm. feast is so minimal. Uh -huh. And that's when a shift started happening in my real estate life that I realized that I was chasing money, which is okay, but that's not all there is, you know? And then I started seeing people in my environment that are millionaires, extremely successful, have money that are happy, and some of them are not. So I realized that, wait a minute, money isn't happy. So they're still at that, you know, that quote unquote aspiring, you know, very lucrative, very, you know, balling level, but you can yes. see it within themselves that they're not happy or content. Yes. 
Yes, yes. And some of them are. Some of them, like, you know, some people are meant to be brokers and that's their life gift and they're enjoying it. And like I said, it's an amazing job and I still love it. But I realized, once again, wait a minute. I did not appreciate the, the journey. So there's something wrong here. I started questioning myself, started finding some things. And then it so happened that I ended up on a stage. My first actual keynote that I gave, which was in March 2017, I was invited mm -hmm. by my speech therapist to go do a, uh, like a, a témoignage, like a, do a keynote mm -hmm. about my life mm -hmm. as a dyslexic. So the first time I go on stage, I thought it was going to be in front of a couple of hundred people. Ended up being a crowd of a thousand people. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. I obviously get ready for it, but I, I killed it. Like, and I just hit it out of the park. People were there like Le Devoir. They wrote an article about me. The Ministry of Education was there. They started doing a work with me. Other teachers and principals were there. So they started inviting me to their schools and started like, you know, speaking, teaching, like doing that stuff. And that's when I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to be on this earth to help other people that have learning disabilities. I'm meant on this earth to help people that are going through a tough time. And I'm meant to help people become the best version of themselves. Because at this point, I'm finding myself. And all of this is happening with myself. But as well, at that point, I was structured with six mentors and coaches in every aspect of my life. Okay. So, so that's like the whole like spiel of what happened. And now this is wow. why I'm in speaking essentially. Wow. That's, that is amazing. Thank because, you, brother. Again, some people, because again, because uh, I know a lot of real estate brokers and again, just like, you know, they just get up and they go to sleep just talking nonstop about, you know, just the real estate game is just like trying to get better that next deal, yes. that next contract, that next client. It's amazing. But mm -hmm. just hearing you saying that, you know, that wasn't, Again, that was the, that was not the end all and be all. It's a nice, if you will, if it's a nice. Um, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? You know, it's an uh, it's a nice stepping stone. Thank you. Yeah. Nice stepping stone towards the next level. But it, you knew that was not the goal. Exactly. That was that was just you know just a fork in the road and a happy one. And again, because you're not regretting it, are you? No, that, not at all. I need to go through that. First of all, I'm always going to be in real estate as a real estate investor. So I was in real estate for five years. I learned everything about that I could have learned, you know, how to buy, how to sell, how to invest, how, what, what clients look for, what girls look for, what guys look for, what kids look for. So I have an, an, an understanding with that. And not only that, I learned how to become a professional. I learned how to run my first company. I learned how to do taxes, like all of this stuff. So now it's propelling me to hire and to my actual purpose in life. And this is going to be a certain thing. Maybe, in a, you know, like I feel like there's many aspects of your life, but this was definitely a chapter that is amazing that I'm closing right now and going to a new one. Do you believe it is necessary to go through a certain particular, um, I would say, you know, personal challenge or personal struggle to actually have that revelation? Because again, a lot of people say like, you know, you will only, you will only find your path after having experienced pain or loss or having had something that slapped you so hard in the face, it give, yeah. then gives you the awakening. Yes, 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 yes. Let me explain to you why. The thing is with adults. So 25 and up, the adult has to have something very, very massively big to happen in their life to actually do a big change. So death, I mean, you go to the doctor and they say you're overweight, you need this, this, this pill. Something really shocking has to happen to have those moments of reveling and being like, oh my God, I have to switch. So yes, that's actually like proven. Now, 18 to 25, kids are super malleable. 
They are in the moments that they absorb and they're open to all types of ideas. That's why I love speaking to kids because you have that opportunity to plant a seed in their mind and potentially grow into something beautiful. And as well, advantage for me is that kids have no filters. So once I'm on stage and I'm speaking to them, I know mm -hmm. instantly if I suck or I don't. So I know how to adjust towards <laughs> adults are good to keep that away. So yes, as an adult, you do need something big to change it. But that's not like it could be otherwise. But the main thing is so you need something big to happen in your life to have those moments. Because it's always about in those certain struggles, you know, first of all, you learn to shift your mindset. And of course, you'll learn to shift your course Yes, because, you know, you need to, to assemble those two to actually point yourself in the right direction. But yes. I really enjoyed the, the point that you made about, you know, being surrounded by core people, like a core team about, you know, you mentioned a lot of mentors. Yeah. Um, so so those are very important for your different facets of your life. Could you like because I believe a lot in mentorship, but yeah. I believe people just flirt over the they're just like skirt over the term without really understanding what a mentor is. I'm just Beautiful. wondering if you could touch on that. I will 100% touch on that. So I said mentors and coaches. Let me just mm -hmm. justify that. A coach is somebody you pay. So it's a transactional relationship. Obviously, it could flourish to so much more. A mentor is a non-paying relationship. Now, there are different degrees in it. Mentors could help you, obviously, but there isn't a lot of mentors that are going to be there into the like, like with you the whole way process or like really going deep. Towards if you pay somebody and it's their job, they're going to go in deep to different elements. So, in my six mentors and coaches, my first one was the owner of my Remax, still my mentor on that end. I have my real estate coach, which she's actually one year older than me. He's a savage in a real estate brokerage game. I have my head coach, which his name is Trevor McGregor. From the, he used to be from the Tony Robbins organization. Mm -hmm. I have my workout coach, so the gym and all that stuff. I have my mm -hmm. dietitian, so we plan how much I'm going to eat, what portion I'm going to eat, when I'm going to eat, and all that stuff. And finally, actually, no, I actually added somebody else. So before last is my spiritual coach, uh, which actually she's a two-time Canadian Olympian. She helps me with meditating and all of that spectrum of how to control my emotions and all that stuff. And now I added my storytelling coach. And as well, I'm looking for a new coach, which is marketing strategy for my speaking career. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's what it is. So those facets, so those are the facets that in your, you know, your personal uh, game, like, you know, your personal, you know, I'm, I could say management of, you know, your own little pyramid. Okay. These are the elements that need to be on point for me to function and, you know, to just to keep, yes. keep me on the right, on the level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then one one surprising one, and I have to say, not to be all woo woo about it. And of course, people listening to this would be like, "Really, spiritual yeah. coach? Yeah, really? Oh uh, yeah, I love it, bro. It's savage. I'm gonna explain to you what happened there. So go ahead. Once again, I was in the real estate game, and uh, I was in the beginning, and one transaction fell through. And when you're in real estate, you move around a lot of money. So mm -hmm. when a transaction goes through. You could cover your whole month, maybe two months. And when it falls through, you're like, holy moly, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And I remember, like I said, I was early in the game and a transaction fell through and it just killed me. And I'm like, oh my God. And I started like thinking about it. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I thought of it one day, two days, three days, and then it turned to a week and then another week and another week. And then that negativity just destroyed my whole month. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's something here. I'm like, I have to be able to control what I can control and get rid of the rest, right? A bit like I told you in the beginning when I was talking about mm -hmm. my spiritual and all that mm -hmm. so once i understood that and i understood that there's high pressure and high stresses and not to say anxiety but high stresses a more you succeed in any type of field and anything 
that comes with it. So I'm like, okay, I definitely see how I'm going. I definitely see myself having many employees and my company is just going to go crazy because this is what happened. That's the path I'm going towards. So I'm like, I have to build a, a solid foundation to when I get there, I know what to do. So I'm like, I have to be good with myself. I have to be able to control my emotions. I have to be able to control my energy and to channel that in the proper way. So yeah, that was one of my favorite things ever that I've done that I've really invested in myself to understand what the spiritual game is. And now I meditate twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. And that just structures my game, bro. Like my, my gratitude, my empathy, my love, my, my understanding of who I am as a human being, you know, like what I'm doing on this earth. It's just beyond amazing in my personal opinion. That is so beautiful. The thing is, um, because I'm so happy that I'm hearing those words from you. And again, um, the, one of the previous interviews I did just before, just before our conversation, uh, was, uh, Nike Sampia, which is basically, she's a health coach okay. and she was telling me what she, we spent a lot of time in our conversation talking about gratitude. Yeah. And I was, I wasn't, I wasn't really being, you know, rhetorical, but I'm like, okay, why do a lot of people yes. who are in peace with themselves in connection with themselves and their personal revelation where I hear the word gratitude come back a lot. And I'm saying this strictly on a learning process because I'm not dishing yourself like, what's up with you people? No, I'm really learning. So for you, as again, as a lot of people I've heard around, gratitude is part of the formula. You have to be grateful. I wouldn't even say it's part of the formula. I would say it's the key to the formula. Brother, if there's one thing you could do, if there's one thing everybody that's listening to this right now could understand, work on your gratitude. This is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to share it with you guys. If you guys want to do it, by all means, it's amazing. Go ahead. The first thing I do when I wake up, after I meditate and I'm sitting down and I have that hour of just like my brainstorming and my masterminding and everything else, is I write the three things that I'm blessed about. Just three things. And how this started is actually in 2017, I did a New Year's resolution. I called it my New Year's resolution like on steroids. That's what I call it. Maybe it's not the proper term that I used, but what I did is essentially... I'm like, everybody that starts a New Year's resolutions after two, three weeks, they stop. I'm like, let me do a New Year's resolution every single month. So one month, it was read every day. The other month was uh, listen to podcasts, take a cold shower, meditate, uh, wake up at 4 a.m., gratitude, and all of this stuff. And when I did the one of gratitude, I said, I'm going to wake up every day, write three things that I'm blessed about. So I'm like, okay, so we're 30 days in a month. Three times 30, we're 90 things. I actually thought, and I said out loud, I'm like, oh my God, I don't have 90 things to be grateful about. I'm like, I'll probably repeat myself. I started that and I've been doing this for over almost two years now. There isn't That's a lot. Day, bro, I, there isn't one day I repeated myself. It doesn't have to be big. It's so minimalized. I'm awake and I'm breathing. I'm blessed to have this conversation with Oliver today. I'm blessed to have this laptop, to have this opportunity. I'm blessed to have my family. I'm blessed to feel love and joy. I'm blessed for this sadness. It's just a state of gratitude. And when you're in that state of gratitude, you cannot be in any state of negativity. Try to be grateful and mad at the same time. It's physically impossible. It's too often. Physically impossible. Okay. It is. It's, it is. I'm telling you, uh, think about your daughter. Think about how much joy she gives you and all that. You're going to start smiling. Your, your, your biochemistry is going to change. Your neural networks are going to change. And then when you're in a different form of vibration, you attack your tasks differently. So when I wake up at 4 a.m., I already meditated for 10 minutes. So my vibration's at a high level. I'm sitting down. I did a gratitude work. And then I have an hour before going to the gym. And when you wake up in the morning, your neural networks from an hour to three hours after you wake up, your wavelengths are higher than other, other. So that hour that I have in myself and doing my thing is the, it's the most amazing. All of my greatest things happen there. And at that time, I don't look at social media. 
I don't look at an email. I'm not doing anything other than taking Christopher Didion. I'm just taking uh-huh. care of myself. That's it. That's all. And from there, just greatness happens. And you mentioned, you know, this is, that's the funny thing because you're obviously, you're obviously, you mentioned this and I can, I can get that from your energy, not just with social media, but just through interacting with you. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of intensity and there's a lot of passion for what you do. <laughs> and sometimes we have, we, we're in for, and that's the admirable thing I, I realized because you also mentioned that, you know, you're very energetic, but in those moments of calm, I realized that you can actually have the wherewithal to calm yourself down yes. and to focus. How hard was that in the beginning? Or was, is that a learning process? Because it's not easy for everyone because we're so bombarded, as you said, with social media, with social yeah. pressers, with the job, with the traffic, with the kids, everything. And again, the noise just takes over. And I was just wondering how you deal with that. Man, a very good question, Oliver. And honestly, it's a life journey. Like uh, I'm getting to a point right now that I'm talking to you guys, but there's at least five, six years that I've been working on self-development without even knowing that I was going to be a speaker, without even podcast, without not even knowing that on TV's radios and everything that I'm doing right now. I was just taking care of myself because I was in a hard situation financially and whatever the case is. So just without knowing, seeds getting planted in my mind and getting planted and it's a step. So it's not something that happens overnight. That's what I'm trying to say right now. It's a process, but you definitely have to start. And how you start that is you surround yourself with positive words, positive vibrations, positive people. You listen to the proper podcasts. You watch the proper YouTube channels. You immerse yourself with the proper information because they're all around you. And then from there, your vocabulary changes. And then your vocabulary changes, you see things differently. And then you act differently. And then you invest differently. And then everything around you changes. And then ultimately, your vibration changes. And once you're in a higher vibration level, people that vibrate at the same level as you, get attracted. And even people that don't understand vibration will understand what they're feeling. And they're like, yo, Chris, I feel freaking good when I'm around you. Or like, hey, Oliver, I feel good when I'm around you. Why? And it's all vibration, man. You're radiating a particular type of energy. Yes. Yeah, that's and what I mean. I've done some reading and I've done, and again, it's it's very revealing when you, when you learn to take a step and actually think about the words that you put out, you mm-hmm. know, and the people that you surround yourself with. Yes. And again, you also realize that, you know what? Uh, different circumstances for different people. And again, you realize that at some point your mind is going to shift. So your relationships are going to shift as well, because some people are within certain circles and your mindset is within another circle and Mm -hmm. that's okay. You know? And again, for some people, the transition of realizing that you need to separate in order, you know, to progress, that's sometimes really hard for some people. I'm not sure if you've ever dealt with that in terms of having basically to realize that, you know what? To move on to the next level, I need, unfortunately, to let go of this relationship where it lay. Yes, uh, 100%. That is so accurate and a very good statement. It, not only I deal with it, everybody that succeeds at a certain level has to deal with it. And it happens organically. It's not like, oh, I'm going to cut this person off. Sometimes that happens too if you know truly a person is just bad for you, just doesn't work, and the person can't necessarily, like, he could be a great person, just that together it just doesn't work out, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, it happened really early because... I noticed that I was thinking differently. I noticed that I was talking differently. My friends noticed. Everybody else, the environments change. Your friends, circles, your things change. Go with that. And listen, it is what it is. It's a part of the journey, and you kind of just go with it, right? It's, it's all vibrations. So you start attracting people that are in the same vibrations as you. But you don't know where you come from, man. Like I have friends that I like. I've, I've known my whole life, and I'm friends with them, and I do understand that. There's differences that happens, right? And just with anybody or any human interaction, yeah, that does happen. And 
we're going to segue because I refuse to actually leave off this conversation without mentioning the very extraordinary, you know, influence MTL that just happened. Was it on the 26th uh, yeah, last week? 26th. So yeah, first of all, congratulations on that. And it's only through following you on social that I realized that was happening. Malala being there. Yeah. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, but so unfortunately I found out late, but first of all, congratulations. And I saw a lot of intense speakers and like, could you just basically brush on basically, first of all, what is Influence MTL and like, how did it happen? And you know, what, what can people expect? Of course, I'm guessing it's probably going to come back next year, but for people not in the know, uh, what is Influence MTL? Do shout out to my boy, Thierry Lindor, which he's the one that actually put together. Uh, he actually comes from a real estate background as well, broker and all that stuff. And he started this event, I think at this point, two years ago. And uh, he just wanted to build a community and he was kind of aiming for something like a modern, not as long, the shorter version, you know, the big names. So essentially he brought in a huge name and the year before that he brought in Gary Vaynerchuk for people who know him. Oh, oh. Uh, he's brought in. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's brought in, the first year was Gary. He's brought in Grant Cardone to Toronto. He's brought in uh, Charlotte Dodd to the Breakfast Club from New York and all of that. Stuff. Oh my God! He, he's okay. bringing some pretty, no joke. And the, the the other speakers as well. You know, it's 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 a heavy hitters in Montreal and all of that. So see how it happened. Like I said, I I actually crossed paths with Thierry, invited me to an open mic audition, went in and just man, it went super well. They offered a second audition that went well as well, and then they gave me a keynote spot as like a, you know one of the speakers at one of the events, one of the. Uh, the facilities from MTL, from the Influence MTL. And the main thing from that is just things like that. It's amazing because there's so many great communities that get created, amazing people. You start connections and it's just fun. And for me, like the main thing that I, like, I really had fun there is it was actually the second or third time that my whole family, well, my, my sister, my brother-in-law. Oh, that was precious. Must have been precious. And the last time. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was it was lovely. A lot of that happened was the first time I went on stage, like I told you, which is in March of 2017, the time that went off a thousand people. So it's fun because I'm like, my friends following me through my journey because I know, I visualize and I know where I'm going to go with this. Like in a couple of years over, when I'm going to come back on your podcast, talk about this, I'm going to know who I am because I'm just working on my But what I'm loving that they're seeing the whole journey and I'm enjoying the journey. When I said in the beginning, I was talking about really I didn't enjoy the process. Now I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Even though there's ups, even though there's downs, even though sometimes you're in crowds that there isn't a lot of people, sometimes you get paid something, but whatever the case is, I'm enjoying it. So I really, the fact that they were a part of that. And so it's definitely something that is probably, you know, it's just like you were saying like two seconds ago in terms of when you're in touch with your life purpose, and you understand what you're here to do, there's no stopping you. Yes. So every oh single day for you, there's no actual revelation. Whether you make money off of this or not, you know that you're going to sleep content and happy and satisfied. Brother, it's, it's amazing. Because I think every single human being should come out of it, or not out of it, but in a place of give back. What am I here to serve? And once you're looking at the universe and that life as, oh, give me this, give me that. No. Instead of looking at it like that, looking at what can I give to you? What am I here to do to better this place, this beautiful blue planet? And once you find that, it's the most amazing, thing, blissful thing you will ever feel because it's fulfillment. You know what I mean? And Tony Robbins says this. He's like, the biggest failure is 
is success without fulfillment. So, you know, there's people, we've all heard about these super successful millionaires, all this stuff, and some of them are super unhappy. Some of them even take their own lives. And you look at them out of perspective, they're superstars, they're this, they're that, but they're not fulfilled. So once you're in a place of fulfillment, everything else follows. The income, the joy, everything else, because you're just living purpose and just at a high level vibration. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Because what we try to promote, and for me, as again, I had to go through my own chapter to actually wake up and actually tell myself, first of all, um, this is your own journey. And don't try to compare yourself to somebody else's journey. You have to walk your own journey in your own path and your own pace. But you also have to keep yeah. believing the fact that you can overcome and it's not going to take you a day. It's not going to take you two days. But if you keep focused, eventually you'll get there. And I'd like you if to actually touch on the fact that, you know what, if you had made your condition, if you had made your dyslexia your excuse, chances are you wouldn't be where you are, Chris. Am I wrong? 100%. No, you're absolutely right. And that's for anybody, right? Life is not what happens to you. It's what you do when something happens to you. It's what you become. You know what I mean? Life doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. It's all these things are right and true things. So it's really how you look at it, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's as simple as that. Like when something happens to you, don't be like, oh my God, why me? Why not you? Step up. It's you. You're at bat. Come on, do it easy. It's going to hurt, but you're at bat. And obviously, this is a process. Like I'm talking to you right now at 29 years old, going through this mental shift and understanding all of this. Thing. So I'm, I'm wording it in a certain way that when I was young, I wouldn't word it. It would be impossible. But it is a process, and now you understand that and once you understand that it's, it's game over man like you you understand what's happening and what happiness is so i read one place um and i just like to know what you think about it just because we're we're because we're connecting so much on so many levels i just wanted to know how you resounded with that um it was a quote and sometimes when i tell the people because again i'm raw sometimes like you know people ask me for advice or consult because I'm, I'm i'm a very good listener and sometimes, you know, when, I, when people fall into the unfortunately unhealthy habit of just complaining and venting just for the sake of venting, without, if you're complaining about the same thing a year later, chances are it wasn't important to you. But what I like to tell people is that it's not your fault, meaning, okay, this is the hand you've been dealt, but it is your responsibility. So what are you going to do about it? Yes, 100% agree with you. I, th I think actually Will Smith, this whole, he had like a little snap, like on Instagram, he did a whole conversation about that and 100% agree with you. It's not your fault. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. That's the situation you have and now what are you going to do about it? It doesn't matter whose fault it is. It's what are you going to do with what you have in front of you? What are you going to do with the cards that are dealt in front of you? And that's somebody that's relentless and just perseverant. And if you always look at it that way, you'll always see because honestly, you don't fail. You never fail. All you do is learn. So every single failure is a lesson. And you need those valleys before you're on top of the hill, right? You need to go through those processes. Once you understand that you're going through a process or you're going through a lesson that the, that the universe is really preparing you for something, trying to teach you something, and you're looking at every single problem you have at a point of what does you want to do? What am I supposed to get out of this? What am I supposed to do? What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Amazing. 
Amazing. I know as we're coming up at the top of the hour, and I just want to thank you for uh, for your awesome availability, Chris. Again, I want to keep. I don't want to keep you too late. You've been so generous of your time. Um, I always like to close off the uh, these mm-hmm. conversations with you know leaving the guest to the floor. Just uh, you know, just a simple quote, a passing thought, or just a call to action that people can take away from this conversation. Just to you know wake up tomorrow morning, and you know what, give get them that one little thought process, just one step further towards their intended journey. So, anything you'd like to suggest, or even thought you'd like to leave the listeners with is work on your gratitude start a gratitude list your life will change just do it consistently you realize how much when you're in a position of looking at wait a minute this is going wrong but look how many great things i have look at me for i guess most of north america or whatever the case is man we're blessed beyond blessings and for anybody that's listening this is blessed right because you have a smart device you're listening to this so you are in a position to make anything happen. first of all always learn something nowadays to learn with podcasts with books with youtube channels with everything so learn something new every single day honestly if you guys like what you heard come follow me on my social media all over the place it's at christopher Dedian, uh, and uh, twitter it's at chris Dedian because there's too many letters in my name <laughs> don't worry is that one thing i always make sure that to give my guests a proper prop so don't worry i'll just definitely link up all your contacts and all your availabilities on social media youtube channels and everything right. so i'll definitely i'll put all the links in the blog post once this episode goes live but chris um i really have to say this is a conversation of time well spent um, I want to acknowledge you for all your terrific work. I want to basically let people know that, you know, no matter what your circumstances, whether physical, emotional, or personal, you have it in front of you as an example of an individual who basically did not make his personal circumstance an excuse or an obstacle. But as he said himself, it was a blessing in disguise. You have to make it translate for yourself and put these tools in your arsenal to actually push you towards your next journey and your next level. But Chris, thank you very much for your time. Um, with all kindness and gratitude gratitude there's that word again thank you for a terrific <laughs> conversation in exchange i really appreciate it all the best to you thank you oliver like a champ absolutely anytime i'm back here with you definitely definitely so you guys again catch this episode when this goes live this week in the awesome podcast i'm still your host Olivier D. catch this episode when it actually goes live within the next couple of days but always appreciate hearing from you awaken the awesome at gmail.com is the place to reach me or i am Olivier D. on instagram but you guys know that already <laughs> you guys take care and as always stay blessed and stay awesome have a good night